1: Welcome to the Transparent Truth. This is Coach Keith coming to you live for the top podcast in the country. Hanging out with my boy Greg Biggins. What up, Greg? How you feel today? I'm good, Keith. How are you? Doing good, man. Had a long weekend. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, got a special guest with us today. A lot of people know him as the most polarizing figure in high school football today. Goes by the nickname of Bookie, Brendan Radley Howes. Nebraska commit, current IMG ascender Bradenton, Florida. What up, Book? How you feel?
0: I'm all good. How you doing?
1: Doing all right. So, Book's joining us today, and uh, we're going to wrap a little bit with him. We're going to sit back. We're going to talk a little bit about family, football, and the transparent truth behind it all. Uh, before we get to that, we're going to kind of recap our show from last week. Uh, you know, got a lot of feedback, Greg. A lot of people reached out to me and told me um, – you know, Coach Keith, it sounds like you're here to bash people. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, well, why do you hate kids, Keith? I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I understand that. Why don't you like these young these young up-and-coming guys? I'm just kidding, man. I think, I think it was all good.
1: Yeah, it, it felt like it was all good to me. But, you know, I got people reaching out to me on Twitter and a little upset because I I had some some criticism um, to share about a couple of players. But, you know, this the whole premise of the show, Greg, is to be honest and upfront about Players and their evaluations and, and their scouting and their potential and the, the analysis of it. And so, you know, I'm just a guy, I'm just going to be, you know, bluntly honest. Um, if you don't like it, that's okay. If you do like it, that's okay too. Uh, but I'm just here to tell the truth. I'm not here to bash anybody. We're just here to look at things at a, from an
2: objective perspective and call them how we see them. My, my thing, obviously, is as, as long as it's not personal, and you're just keeping it as real as you possibly can. And let's just, let's just throw the elephant in the room. <clears throat> Matt Corral was probably the guy who I'm sure people you know, thought you might have been a little too hard on. I didn't have any issues at all with your evaluations or even some of the off-the-field stuff. I, I disagree when you said he stunk last year because I think he still was better than 90% of the quarterbacks that we saw. Now, if you're saying by his standard he stunk, that's a different story. But to say he stunk when he didn't stink. It just—I think you have a high elevation of what he could be and what he should be. So I just think that—that—that's probably what the what the most of the f- negative feedback was about. So it's not in my DNA to necessarily attack a kid. I don't think you were attacking him. I'm just saying, as long as it's—you know—just to get this out in the front, as long as it's not personal, I think it's good.
1: Well, you know, everything is contextual, right? <clears throat> so with with Matt Corral, you know, it's, it's all based on expectations. And coming out of his freshman and sophomore year, he's such a fantastic football player and. I had such high hopes for him, and to see the kind of take a step back
2: uh, in 2016, um, and that's what I was addressing, and um, that's fair. But, yeah, but I thought it was fair. Yeah, but so. the, the part about you know what he, he stunk, yeah. that that sounds like a little bit hypercritical, as opposed now the context you just gave, sure, kind of makes it for me makes it okay. Last week, I don't know if people saw that same kind of context. Like you said, it's all about context. Speaking of Matt Corral. I mean, should we just jump right in and talk let's, about let's let's talk it. about the guy? Not to make let's, this the Matt Corral show. Oh, let's do it. Because we have Bookie here. Am I saying your name right, Bookie? Yeah. I got just yeah. those Nebraska fans kind of yeah. on me for, for saying your name. I'm like, I know the guy. This it's, sounds great. I can call him Book. <laughs> you can call him whatever Radley you I can <laughs> call him whatever I want. He's good with it. I'm good. <laughs> Matt Corral made a pretty life-altering decision to decommit from from USC. People want to know, was this a mutual thing? Was it all Matt? Was it on USC? Was there off-the-field stuff? And. You know, we're just just calling it like we said. I think right now it kind of probably was a little bit mutual. Um, moving forward, I think that the big issue is where does USC go from here? Where does Matt go from here? Sure. And I think the two big schools that are involved with, with Matt that he told me he was going to visit, regardless, this was before he decommitted, was was Georgia and Alabama. He's already been to Georgia over the summer and loved it. Great visit. Yeah. He will go to Alabama uh, in a few weeks, to possibly end of the month, and. My gut is he will love that visit, too. Have you had to talk to a kid who went to Bama and didn't absolutely fall in love with the place? Hated it. <laughs> You've been to Bama a few times, right? It's kind oh, yeah. of a nice. got a little football tradition there.
1: Yeah, no question.
2: So those are the two schools that are, I think are most involved with Matt. Obviously, I think he's a talented guy, or other schools could jump in there. But right now, I could see him going to the SEC wow. and playing for one of those two schools. it just not matter if does he commit early or does he take his trips? But right now, if I had to guess... I think Georgia could be the team to beat. They have a couple of really good young quarterbacks, so does Bama. So it's an yeah. interesting fit from that standpoint. And As for USC, they made a quick offer to Jack Tuttle. Jack Tuttle. A, a guy we both like a lot. Absolutely. And uh, I tell you what, watching him for a long time, he's made such huge strides from his freshman year to now. Jack's a Utah commitment and and he was he couldn't have been more adamant about his the strength of his Utah commitment. Wow. Basically saying, you know what, for me the word commitment means something. Absolutely. And, and when you give your coach, when you kind of give him your, your word, that's it. And constant communication with me and the Utah staff, I told them right away about the USC offer, and, and I'm gonna be going to Utah, you know, next week to sure. recruit yep. for my school, and, and I'm I'm good and I'm I'm and I'm stuck right there. So um, I'm curious where USC turns to next. Sure, well Jack is a guy, and I've had a chance to
1: have many conversations with Jack over the last pretty much 12 months and he's just a high character kid and he's a yes sir, no sir type of guy and he's just got a lot of integrity he's just a guy, he's going to smile, he's going to shake your hand he's going to look you in the eye, he's just going to do everything right, really respect uh, the stance that he took in terms of getting the, the offer from USC but sticking with Utah because they're, they're in school that kind of went after him pretty aggressively and now that he's out recruiting for Utah, I, think, I just think it says a lot about him. I think it says a lot about his family. Um, and he's just a guy that I would love to have on my team or be my quarterback. He's a guy doing everything right and a guy being loyal. And, you know, that's a, something I think is missing uh, from high school kids and high school sports these days. So shout out to Jack Tuttle for really stepping up and and, and really standing on his own two feet and without – you know, all the extra shenanigans on the side, just kinda of being firm in his commitment and his stance
2: because sometimes in twenty seventeen, commitments don't mean much. We talking we're talking colleges, we're talking all American game, we're talking everything, right, Keith? They don't mean much, do they, <laughs>
1: Jaden would be, you know?
2: Ouch. Just call them out. Hey
1: man, you got hey, them out. the truth is the truth, man. And uh you know, Jaden decommitted from the Under Armour All American game and it's a shot in the
2: gut. That hurts hurts your heart a little bit, doesn't it? Coach? It bothered
1: me, me a little bit. Jaden <laughs> was one of our flagship guys and He's a guy that I built a great relationship with and, and uh, really spent a lot of time with him and, and still love Jaden. Uh, but he went and flipped to the other All Star game. And I, and I respect that. Um, and I hope he does really well and, and continues that. You're, you're not
2: going to even use the name. You don't want to call, you know. No, no. Well, we don't say those words uh, on the transparent truth. Now, you, you said rivals last week. I'm a scout guy, CBS guy. If you can say rivals, I can say Army All American. No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't hey, do it. Bookie, what All-American game are you playing in? I'll be playing in the Army All-American game. <laughs> you don't want to get Coach Keith upset <laughs> <Security>? over here. Security. <laughs> get this guy up out of here. <laughs> so, Matt Corral, just keeping it with Matt for a second, Georgia, Alabama, what you think he fits scheme-wise? How do you like that fit for, for one of those two schools if those are his final two? Sure. I, I like the fit at Georgia. Um,
1: I think they play a little bit more of a wide-open offense for him. Um, they've got a ton of athletes on the perimeter. Uh, and I think that, that area in Athens and, and being between the hedges and that home field advantage that they have, I think Matt would do a great job there. Of course, we know he's uber talented. And um, I think his best years are ahead of him. He's got to get himself on the right track and kind of get moving in the right direction. And I'm sure he will. So, if Matt, if you're listening, to man, shout out to you. Go out there and do your stuff. We're watching you. We're hoping you do well. And uh, we're we're pulling for you, man. We're rooting for you. So,
2: staying with the commitment theme, we had Cal scored a couple a couple quarterback a uh, couple new commitments. Quarterback JT Shroud, an interesting story. had not started a game yet, much like Dorian Thompson Robinson at Bishop Gorman. JT played at Hart last year, and, and didn't start had a great off season. Physically, just mechanically, he's flawless. Pure release, strong arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, played for Premium this past year, so he's got a lot of tools. And I, I think he's a guy who. You know, Coach two at the Sopo at Cal, really earmarked. And when he saw him, uh, he said, that, that that's, that's my guy right there. I like him a lot. And they were able to nab him, as well as uh, receiver from modern day, Nico Remigio. Kind of gets lost oh, yeah. in the shadow of a little bit. I'm going to ask you, and also, Book, well, your opinion on Nico, because you're, you're a corner you see all these guys. But Nico, for me, uh, very skilled, very talented, quicker, probably more quick than fast, great hands, explosive, can do return some punts. But... Uh, Look, why don't you give us your breakdown? You've seen this guy for the last five, six years probably,
0: yeah? Yeah, I've played with Nico and played against him for a while now. So uh, when I see him at camps and stuff, you know, when I line up against him, I'm like, all right, i got to kind of give my A game because I know he's going to do the exact same to me. And uh, probably my favorite memory about me and Nico together when we were on the same team, we was actually at uh, at USC, and we were were playing against a ground zero team in eighth grade, and he, like, scored, like, the game-winning touchdown, but I, like, got us all the way down to, like, three-yard line. And, like, he, like, shook somebody and scored the game with a touchdown. So, after that, me and him became good friends. But uh, my worst worst memory about him would probably be at a, a Sound Mind South body camp. I was guarding him in the slot, and he uh, he ran, like, an out stick nod on me, like an out and up through the slot. He broke me off. <laughs> yeah. He he, he scored he scored on that. me. And I was uh, I was actually happy for him. Like, I was like, all right, you got me. Now nah, we got to go back again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And just to reiterate, uh, Nico, <clears throat> he's a guy that – He's got deceptive quickness. And also, yeah. a lot of people don't know that he's got deceptive strength. Yes, A lot of times he makes really good contact down the field with a shoulder or with a chicken wing elbow and creates separation that way. But he also has, like Buki was talking about, he's got really good short-range quickness, the ability to change direction suddenly by sticking his foot in the ground and really dropping his head and exploding out of his break. Um, he creates separation that way. He does a great job getting open. He's got fantastic hands. He catches it through contest, through contact. Um, I really like him as a football player. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, I think he'd be able to return punts. Yeah. He's a really good pickup for Cal. So, Nico, shout out to you, man. Great job on your commitment. Congratulations. And uh, we know you're going to do well up there at Berkeley.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was academically as well, too. Yeah. And that's, I know that was a big deal for him. And it's going to be fun watching modern day. JT running the show with, you got CJ. You got Amon Ra. You got Big Brew McCoy as the, the big physical guys. Four dudes. Yeah. They're going to be tough to match dudes. up with. Dudes, absolutely. And then Clyde Moore. From Colonel Del Mar, uh, a, a tough inside-outside linebacker that I like a lot, also committed uh, this past weekend to Colorado. So those are the, the guys that committed um, and, and asked for some new offers. Uh, Tommy Brown, not to make this a, a moderate day but Tommy got his dream offer from Alabama. That's a school that obviously a lot of people know about, the fact that his father threw uh, the shot in the discus uh, for Alabama. So that's been his childhood dream school, so good for Tommy. And then Bryce Young uh, had an absolutely huge week in offers from. How good are these schools? Oregon yeah. is pretty good in football. Yeah, Oklahoma is Boomer. pretty good at football. USC Fight on. is pretty good at football. And he oh, got yeah. a fourth one, too, that I'm mistaken. I'm, I'm not g- getting right now, but four big-time elite offers. I'll, I'll come to me later on in the show. But uh, just a freshman, Bryce Young, just going to all these all these different events and lighting it up and Lighting it up. Break down, break down Bryce for me. What do you like about this guy? Wow. Well, the first thing that stands out to Bryce
1: for me is his ability to get the ball out quickly. He's got a lightning-fast flat fast delivery. He's super accurate. And Bryce does a great job with decision-making and ball placement. He's got a lot of those small details. I, I don't want to say master, but he, he, he has a lot of those small details as a quarterback, and he performs those on a high level consistently. Every time out at a camp or a seven-on-seven seven or some type of tournament, He's the guy throwing back shoulders. He's the guy dropping in the bucket on fade routes. He's looking off safeties. He's driving in windows two and three. Uh, he's a guy checking the ball down, and looking from deep to short. Uh, he's a guy that you know his, his eyes are controlling his feet. He's very good mechanically in the pocket. He's just a fantastic job. He's just a fantastic quarterback that does a great job in every phase of the game. Uh, when the ball is in his hands, and not to mention his ability to get outside the pocket and extend plays and create havoc and pressure on the defense with his legs and his arms. Uh, to me, he's the new-age quarterback. Um, kind of started with Mike Vick and, and those type guys, but uh, he's by no means is he a Mike Vick type, uh, but his ability to run and throw with, with, with high-level effectiveness and his accuracy is uncanny, he's, and he's just a very, very... Uh, cerebral guy. Um, I hear from his coach, you know, he's the smartest kid he ever coached, you know. And you really hear that uh, from a freshman, right? The uh, smartest kid I've ever coached uh, being a freshman. But, you know, that's what his high school coach said. And, uh, you know, again, he's done a fantastic job. I know he did a great job today uh, out on Howard Jones Field here at the UCLA, excuse me, the USC Elite Camp. You want to talk about some more guys who did a great job today at the Elite Camp, Greg?
2: Yes, absolutely, and by the way, it was Georgia who was the fourth school that offered Bryce oh. th- this past weekend. Which yeah, again, they're go. they're not they're not bad at football either. So, and, and with Bryce, also you, you got to mention that just how poised is this kid? Doesn't flinch for a yeah. freshman to be out there in high pressure situations. You don't even see this guy flinching one bit. So, yeah, great camp today at USC. Uh, for me, a lot of these camps, four hundred kids and five hundred kids today. Yeah. What would you guess? Maybe hundred.
1: 120 and
2: they're minutes. all real elite kids, it, you know. We got freshmen all the way, ranging all the way up from from freshmen, sophomore, juniors. So I, I love the talent, I love the numbers, I love being able to just watch and evaluate without having to, you know, kind of sift through some guys who probably can't play at that next level. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a guy we've loved all, all off season, Brian Addison, uh, was out there again, offense, defense. I feel like he's stepped up his game to such a high level. Like sure. I think maybe after only Amon Ross St. Brown, Addison might have been the most impressive guy this offseason. We always preface it, yeah, it's shorts and T-shirts. We get sure. that. Sure, But, shoot, man, he's looking really good in those shorts and T-shirts.
1: Yeah, he's a big-time player. I mean, his, again, his size and length, his ball skills, and, um, his footwork and his quickness. Uh, he's just a guy that competes. Every time out, and he's been in all the camps, all the seven on seven, and he's making all types of plays all summer long. So uh, he's done a great job.
2: We saw Halid Jabril from Cathedral, who got an offer from USC, which I thought was an interesting offer because he's a linebacker, kind of an undersized backer, about six feet, 200 pounds. Uh, They did the USC seven on seven tournament on Saturday, and he got that offer. But now I know where the offer came, and that was as a safety. Today, he was out there working out with the safeties, and actually looked really good for me.
1: The day, listen, I've been high on this guy. For at least the past 12 months, um, he's just a guy playing with his hair on fire, Greg. He's a guy that plays at a different speed and tempo than 99% of the guys out there. And once you can get that guy moving in the right direction and doing the right things, that's how NFL players are developed. Uh, He's a physical kid. Uh, He's quick. He's fast. He's explosive. He's got a tremendous burst and acceleration in space. He needs to do a great job of coming up under control to tackle and uh, playing in space, but again, I thought a move to safety was necessary. I reached out to him a while ago and said, hey kid, if you ever learn to backpedal, you're going to be a four (laughs) to five star player. And he started laughing. He just kind of joked around, but it seems like uh, somebody got to him and uh, he's in the backpedaling line with the safeties and I think he's going to do a great job. He's a fantastic hitter. He's very aggressive and I just think he's going to be a very, very elite special teams player as soon as he steps on campus somewhere. Um, And once he really gets to, uh, you know, developing the fluidness and the ball skills from that 10 to 15-yard safety position, uh, I really think he's going to excel on the next
2: level. I mean, just guys, dudes at every single spot from offensive linemen. We saw Justin Dedich out there doing his thing. You don't really see a center who's the top OL prospect out West, at least for us. But for me, he is the best guy I've seen. I think he also has a super high projection because he's so tough, uh, so strong, so athletic for an inside guy. Uh, From Hawaii, Kanai Mauga, uh, a kid that I know, he's absolutely absolutely been blowing up all offseason. He was at USC. They saw him at the all-poly camp last week, invited him to come out here today. I would not be shocked. If he goes ahead and earns an offer, uh, Ethan Ray, the young tight end, look good. Julius Irvin, the DB from Servite, who's the safety, but playing corner, I think that's where he wants to be. And this thing is just loaded top to bottom. And uh, Like I said, a lot, a lot of fun to be out here and watch all these kids.
1: Yeah, no question. Also, Jackson Carmen from Ohio, mm-hmm. maybe the number one or two offensive tackle in the country from Ohio. Got a chance to spend some time with him not too long ago. And what a fantastic kid. Comes from a great family. Fantastic mother. And Jackson uh, he's just an outstanding prospect, about six foot five, three 315 pounds, moves like he's 250, very athletic, very light on his feet, great laterally, very strong base at the point of attack, uh, shocked the heck out of you when he punches you and does a great job finishing guys with a relentless attitude and really just kind of gets after people in the trenches. So he's out here looking good and moving around well and competing hard and uh, I know he's been out here in L.A. for a few days on an unofficial visit, and so he's doing a great job.
2: Yeah, Justin Flo, just want to get one more name out there. I mean, you can just keep naming names. I always sure. hate to feel like I'm leaving somebody out that's deserving to get some love. But, you know, just another, another freshman, Justin Flo from Upland, linebacker. Guy just looks like. What a linebacker should look like, and he's only a freshman. If, if you told me this guy was a rising senior, I would have believed him. And the guy just looks the part, but he can move and he can run. And, and again, a guy who's really blown up, and he's a double-digit offer guy, uh, very, very soon, if not already. So Justin Flo, another guy who I think is uh, is really having a nice off season.
1: Absolutely, he's uh, he looked really good out there. Uh, he's bigger than what I first anticipated. Uh, he's bigger than what he looks like on film. And just got moving out there, moving out, moving around really well. And- uh, he's got a tremendous future ahead of him. So kind of moving forward, um, the 7-on-7 seven seven Nationals at IMG this past weekend, that's where I was at, out in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, got back about 2 a.m. this morning <laughs> and uh, had a couple of flight delays from Southwest. Thanks a lot, Southwest. Three-hour flight delay in Tampa, three-hour flight delay in San Antonio. But I made it back home to L.A. Uh, we got a chance to see some really top-notch national recruits Tyreek Johnson uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, a corner. Uh, kind of went viral with his press coverage yesterday. Um, took a kid and slammed him on the ground and told him, you know, if I got kids, I'll play with my kids. I ain't got time to play with nobody else's kids. Anyway, got a chance to say what's up to Tyreek. Uh, he's a big-time player, cornerback, probably top five in America in this position. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Charles Woodson. Kind of his versatility to play corner safety, his size, his speed, his physicality. Uh, also got a chance to see Justin Fields, your guy. Yeah. Uh, How he look? Time. He looked good. Yeah. He looked good. Um some instances, he looked great. Okay. Um, he threw the ball really well underneath. Over the top, he overshot some guys a little bit. But uh, like you said last week, he's pure. He's a guy with a fluid stroke, and he's got all the mechanics in the world. I thought he made really good decisions based
2: on um, highs and lows and really reading safeties. Uh, so I really got to see him the number two quarterback in the country. He's a 4-5-1 guy. I mean, you wouldn't know to, in that kind of setting, but the guy can run as well. So I, I think you need to have that guy who's a mobile quarterback in this day and age of, of how fast in physical defenses are. You can't just have a statue, and that's, that's why I like him, because he has the ability to make the throws that you saw. That he can get out of the pocket and do some damage as well.
1: Oh, oh yeah, he did a great job. Uh, another guy, Houston Griffin, he's an IMG Academy kid, uh, defensive back. Did a nice job. Made some plays. Uh, Trayshawn Harrison, Dylan Morris, two kids out of Pacific Northwest. Um, made some plays. Took their team to the Final Four. Uh, okay. Shout out to Team Guts. Team Guts. They beat Boom, Midwest Boom, for the 7-on-7 uh, seven seven National Championship. So, shout out to Team Guts. They did a nice job bringing home the trophy. Uh, so, it was a lot of fun being out there. Got a chance to tour the IMG facilities for the first time. Um and it was pretty fantastic. Their facilities, uh, by all intents and purposes, they rival Alabama's facilities. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Uh, Their locker rooms, their weight room, um, their practice fields, uh, their rehab and medical room, I mean, it was just unbelievable. You know, Buki, with you being a sender now, what do you think about those facilities? What did you think about those facilities, kind of as we kind of, bring you into the show now fully. What do you think about those facilities? What did you think when you first walked into IMG and you got a chance to kind of experience all the resources they provide?
0: Uh I kind of I kind of didn't believe it at first when I said like I would see pictures, I would FaceTime Brian and he would like show me like all the facilities and stuff, but and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's it's not what it looks like. I'm just interpreting it wrong." And when I got there, I saw it. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, this is this is this is nothing like this. This is not a high school." So yeah. Yeah. I, I got to make sure that I take advantage of all these opportunities that I have here yeah. in front of me, and uh, and that's what I've been doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable setting. Yeah. Um, those guys done an unbelievable job putting that thing together, and I was just in awe of all the resources that they have available. Shout out to the Fusion Restaurant. Got me a couple. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Boo? Yeah, that was Got me my a guys. couple uh, of oh, teriyaki chicken and. Teriyaki chicken bowls. Oh, yeah. Parmesan <laughs> broccoli. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, fusion bowls, so it was all good. So, anyway, we're bringing on Buki. <laughs> we're going to kind of incorporate him into the show fully now. Excited that he's here and uh, excited that he's joined us. Got a lot of things to talk about. So, first off, Buki, I know the people across the country, especially in Cornuskerland. Where did the name Buki come from? Let's talk a little bit about that.
0: The name Buki came from basically just my mom calling me that before I was even born, or that's the story that I was told. <laughs> she told me that uh, it was just uh, basically a mere her thing. Like it wasn't supposed to grow to anybody else. Like I was just just gonna be Buki to her. Yeah. And then uh, when I was born, my dad would call me, and my brothers would call me, and my sisters. And it just everybody just it just grew to everybody and then i just took it around with it
1: right right so you talked a little bit about your mom yeah tell, tell the people out there listen tell them a little bit about your mom a little bit about your dad a little bit about your family go ahead
0: uh my mom she's from los angeles my dad is from los angeles uh they met when they were young about uh i would say like what 19 19 years old uh they um they were just friends at first, and then you know down the line they end up. I got, I think that they always like knew that they was gonna be together. Yeah. But I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah
0: okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they end up uh, getting together, whatever. And then I was born. You know, uh, my mom has been the best mom to me. She's been there for me my entire life. Yeah. You know, she's she's made the most sacrifices. You know that any person could ever do. You yeah. know, she she uprooted her entire life. And, and basically just, just moved to another state for me, you know, to, to go to Bishop Gorman in my ninth and tenth grade years. Uh she just she's she's the best mom I could I could ever dream for. Right, right. And my dad, he is is the same exact way. There were sacrifices he made, he didn't have to. You know, certain things that he did, certain wisdom that he taught me, you know, throughout my whole life, it's just I, I couldn't repay him for it. Yeah. You know, for from 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 taking me places, you know, my whole life to just just always being there, a phone call away, to being right there for me. You know, I never had to hesitate to call him ever. You know, my entire life, and I would say my brothers. My brothers basically, they 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 were my coaches. You know, yeah. my big brother was my coach my entire life. So I would have to basically give my brother my on, on field credit. You know, I mean, they uh, they basically taught me the the tough the tough side. You know, I was I was blessed with certain you know certain aspects of football, but certain things you can't teach. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have that, but it's just some things you can. And my brothers really taught me to, you know, to to always be tough. You know, fight through the end and start fast and finish strong.
1: Sure, absolutely. That's 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 a great piece right there. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I've got a, a background with Buki and his family that probably most people don't know. So myself, I grew up with Buki's older brother. His name is Brian Webb. We used to call him Bub. And we grew up playing football together when I was seven and he was eight years old. And we could pretty much play until we were about 12 or 13. Um, we were middle linebackers together in our vaunted Oakey defense, 5-2. I was the strong side inside backer. Bub was the weak side inside linebacker. And we held it down together for many, many years over at the Carson Colts Pop Warner. Shout out to Victoria Park. Yep. Um, And we became really good friends. Also, Boogie's oldest brother, which is Brandon, he grew up playing with my older brother. um, And we were all really close. We were talking off camera about how we used to go to offense, defense football camps in the summertime. and We used to have this crew called the CCP, the Carson Coates Posse. And we used to run up and down those halls of UC Riverside (laughs) telling all the kids to watch out for the CCP. Before we come up in here and take your lunch money, Shockwave. That's right, Shockwave. That, shockwave. Was, that was his old bugs. Full, full. I used to be on his towel, and that yeah. was his nicknames. Hey, Shockwave! Hey, Shockwave! Can I have your autograph? So we used to have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got a lot of history uh, with with Buki's family, and I've known them for a really long time, and they're really great people, and they're really tough people. Uh, I know yeah. mom. I've been knowing his mom since yeah, for thirty years. Uh, and then his brothers for, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28 years. So uh, I've got a lot of history there. So, Boogie, in terms of your brother's teaching you how to play, tell me a little bit about your Pop Warner experience. I know you're pretty much a Pop Warner legend down here in Southern (laughs) California. Tell us a little bit about your Pop Warner experience and what that was like and that success.
0: I would say it comes from always having to look up to my older brother, Lucky. You know, we're only seven years apart, but that's like my twin you know, that's, that's, he like, he, I can always call him for anything. He's always gonna be the first one to, you know, jump right on and come straight to me. So, uh, it really always came from him always setting the standard, you know, and Bud was my coach, so, you know, it was like, yeah, you gotta do it. If, if he could have did it, you have to double it. That's how, basically, how we always looked at it, everything, basically. So it was like, um, he would he would have the record, you know, for at, at the specific team that we played for at the like throughout the whole park, he would have the, the touchdown record. Mm-hmm. You know, in his first year when he left, it was like my I believe my second year, third year of football. And it was like, all right, you you basically wear forty four now. You you have this is your number at this park. This is this is who you are. Like let's see if you can lucky pass you the throne, basically let's see if you can if you can hold it up. Yeah. And I, I actually beat him. Yeah. I barely beat him. I beat him by like I think it was like four touchdowns. Like yeah. I I I think it was like somewhere around like he had 28. Yeah. And I hit like 32 or something like that in that specific year.
1: What's so tell us what's so special about that number 44?
0: Uh the number 44 is a family number that has been in my family for around I think 60 or 70 years now about my uh my uncle, my uncle's he uh he wore it when he was in uh I think a while ago. He he would tell me it, it was just given to him and then his son wore it and his son was best friends with my brother brandon so he wanted to wear it because he him and his best friend basically just wanted to wear the same number and then my, my brother right behind him bub wore it so it became a family number and all my cousins would wear it because bub wore it and brandon wore it so it was like it was just like a tradition like this is our number now so then luck wore it and then after luck wore it i had i had no choice but to do so so it was basically just like handed down yeah, to me yeah, like you gotta do it. Down, but I I actually have my own specific reason why I wear it because uh, I actually have it on my arm now. I have it you know I wear it every day on my chain. My uh, my oldest brother he passed away you know uh, four me and him are four are he passed away four years before I was born, mm-hmm. and our birthdays are actually four days apart. So it's like four four. Yeah. And I feel as if he he lives through me and and, and I'm the one that's basically gonna finish his life for him.
1: That's great, man. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, um, I remember Brandon very well. Uh, yeah. He was a he was a lot like you, very <laughs> very outspoken guy, very energetic guy. Um, he was always probably the most intense guy on the football team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and he was just a guy always smiling, having a good time. Yeah. And were, you know, you remind me a lot of you. Look just like him, <laughs> and you remind me a lot of him. So, um, you know, shout out to the number forty four and Buki's rocking that number and. I know he's going to hold it down for his siblings and his family and his yeah. uncles, and they go 67 years back, and hopefully one day you have a son, and he's going to be rocking 44 too, right? Yeah, of course. That sounds good. So let's move over to high schools, Greg. So Boogie's been to a couple of high schools. Uh, he's been to Bishop Gorman as a ninth, 10th grader, which you saw him as a 7th grader yeah, um, playing 7-on-7. Seven seven. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw – from Buki kind of in the seventh grade when you saw him out in like seven on seven tournaments or a camp setting what you see from Buki at that point in time
2: the, the thing that, that I always admire and love about Book is the competitiveness and, and that's talk, talking to even you know Casey Kloss at that Calabasas last year every single practice every rep like you were playing like it was like the last rep of your life, yeah. and I have so much respect when someone just plays hard because it doesn't take a lot of skill to play hard. It just takes a desire to want to do that. But so few kids actually do that. Sure. But it's at a seventh. He's a seventh grader playing against guys that are clearly older. But he's just so dang tough and competitive. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't care that he's younger. I mean, he's in there just battling and and just I, I love just the competitiveness, the toughness. Uh, just the style that you play with and you've only gotten better I, obviously I saw you when you first came back from IMG you put on what you say you put on 10 pounds 13 you're faster I didn't mean to short change of those 3 pounds 13 put on 13 pounds you're bigger stronger faster quicker um, you cover with your feet you don't need a clutch and grab like I saw day to day out there which drives me crazy um but no, I love the style of play. You know, a football question. That I was, I was, I was curious to ask. What made you make that move from out here to go to Gorman for those two years when you were an eighth grader? What made you go out there for high school? Great question.
0: Um, really, what that decision came from was, uh, I just, I wanted to be at a, at a national level, and I. I could have went to Bosco. That's what I – I actually wanted to do so because I had played on a Bosco 8th grade, like little 7-on-7 team. Yeah. You know, I made friendships with – that's an actually when me and back to Nico Remigio. He would play on the modern-day team, and we would just go at it. Just me and him going at it all day. But I wa- I wanted to go to Bosco very bad, or Sarah. I wanted to go to one of those two schools. And uh, my mom, we, she she was like, uh, "If you if you really want to take it to another level, let's – like why not go to Bishop Gorman? It's, you know it's cheaper out there. You can live out there. It's, it's Las Vegas. Like why not? Let's let's just move to Vegas. So then I talked to my dad about it. You know he he thought it was a great idea as well. You know to be you know exposed to these type of people, great people, genuine people as well. You know and at a national level, and you can basically get prepared to basically leave home like you will do for college if you decide to do so. So altogether it it, it became like a a power move. That's exactly what it was, mm-hmm. and it that move was. I think it was one of the best moves for me because I grew a foundation basically to 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 be a disciplined, well-rounded, I would say, humble person. And that's where basically I learned all that at, you know, around these specific people.
1: Yeah, I, re- I remember when, when Buki committed to Mr. Gorman. I was actually coaching at the time, and we had a meeting with the coaches, and I said, this kid right here, his name is Buki. He's our number one recruit. We got to get this kid at our school. And I was coaching his cousin um, at the time. And I would be on his cousin like white right on right. Hey, man, you going to get Bookie over here? Hey, man, we need Bookie to come here. <laughs> he didn't end up choosing coming to the school that I was at, which was a good thing. Uh, but he went to Bishop Gorman. Of course, they had a fantastic freshman team with Dorian and Brevin and all those guys. And, of course, your sophomore year, you got a chance to match up with Jack Jones and Long Beach Poly when they came to town. And yeah. A lot of respect, mutual respect, I think was given in
0: that in, in four plays,
1: yeah, sure, from four both plays. sides, yeah, yeah, um, but you chose to lead Bishop Gorman. tell us why
0: really, it was more so like i wasn't get I wasn't able to see any of my family anymore i was I was like, um, you know, my grandma she she didn't get to see me play my my dad would come up every week, you know, but it was like it was like getting hard on him like like yeah he he's gonna do it. You know, but that's just out of the kindness of his heart, and you know what he does for me. Sure. You know, so he w- he would do it all the time, but I w- it was just my mom in the stands, my grandma in the stands. You know, here and there, sometimes when she could, my brother would come down. You know, but I couldn't. Like I wanted my cousins there, I wanted my sisters there because my sisters, my sisters did for me when my mom couldn't. Sure. You know, when my mom would be at work, you know, doing for her you know her children my sisters would be the ones running home 13 14 years old you know and changing my diapers and stuff yeah, like yeah, that so yeah. my, my sisters i owe them i owe them so much you know yeah. like that that's my world right you know so they they couldn't see me play you know so it was like you know i only get to do this high school thing one time yeah you know so it was like i kind of want to go home like yeah. I, I, I i did what i did i came out here won a national championship i uh um I feel as if I'm, I'm confident enough to, to go home and, and shock the world and basically and show the world why I deserve this, this, and that. That's right. So when I actually came back, like the day after I checked out of Gorman, I actually checked out of Gorman on uh, January 30th, 31st, something like that. Yeah. And then I got my first offer the Monday right after. So I actually never had an offer while I was attending Bishop Gorman High School. I never yeah. did. And like in between, right before I could check in to, uh, to Calabasas is when I actually got my first offer. So Who I
2: was
0: that from? It was from uh, Dante, Dante offering me. Okay. You know, he was at Arizona. Oh, okay. But, and then 13 days later, that was February 3rd on signing day, you know, my sophomore year. And then February 16th, 13 days later, I found out that I had a UCLA offer since the eighth grade that I never knew about. <laughs> I, that's that's co- interesting. Coach, yeah. me, coach me, told me, he was like, oh, I want to just, uh, you know, re-offer you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, I just want to give you a re-offer, you know, what you had in the eighth grade. I'm like, man, you've been having me looking like, like I didn't like, like what, like you didn't, you didn't tell me none of this. He was like, right, right. I mean, right. he was like, nah, you deserve, it, man. You, you, you know, this is come back out here and, and and put on for your city. And
2: yeah, absolutely. Nice little segue. because you, know, you kind of told me when you made that commitment to Nebraska, it kind of came down to Nebraska, UCLA. Yeah, those obviously those two coaches, Dante Williams, now at Nebraska. Yeah. uh coached me at UCLA. Kind of mm-hmm. had a long-standing relationship with them. But what put the Huskers, the black shirts, over the top for you in the end?
0: It was. It's just so different out there, and 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 people don't understand it because they've never seen it in person, you know. And I've actually seen it four times, and I'm actually I'll be out there next week for my fifth for my fifth visit. So it's it's like, it's like the genuine culture, also known as you know Husker Nation, mm-hmm. it it it, sep- it separates from any other place in the world. Yeah, like I've been to Alabama, right? I've been to LSU, I've been to Ohio State four times, three times. I've been I've been a lot of places. I've been to Florida. I've been to Miami. I've been to Oklahoma. I haven't been to Oklahoma. I've been to Texas once. Like I've I've been a lot of places. Oregon, Nevada. Like I've I've been to so many places, and nothing can can compete with the just the the home vibe that you get as soon as you walk in. Yeah. Coach Riley literally, he'll it, when you call him when you when you tell him like you're on campus. He himself walks out from three stories. He takes the stairs every day. He hates the the elevator. <laughs> He he takes the stairs all the way down and he'll meet you himself in the parking lot. Like he'll bring you all the way up to his office and tour the campus with you himself. There's not too many head coaches that are gonna do that. Yeah,
2: yeah. you know, I Coach Riley, cool story. I mean, when I was doing my student student sports days, we did a Nike camp at Oregon State. Oh yeah. And they usually they have yeah. all the you know I don't want to call them the scrubs, but they have the you know the kind of the people doing the tables and doing all the tablecloths. Coach Riley was moving tables around.
0: He exactly. Putting chairs, setting exactly. up chairs,
2: hanging out. Hey, you need me to help hang banners for you guys for like coach you're the head guy here yeah. sit down you know he, but he's that just a regular dude yeah
0: the day i committed actually it was we uh we had it was like a um right right before the spring game the night before they actually have like a team dinner with all the parents everybody comes together and coach riley got there you know 2 hours before i had been on campus and like just walking around the facilities me and manuel allen we had been around the facility all day with josh Moore. and we went into the uh where, like, the barbecue was, and we were the ones moving the trash cans together. Like, it was me and Coach Riley. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a janitor. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, a, a football
2: ops guy. Or...
0: It was me and Coach Riley, like, moving trash cans. Actually, I think somebody got a picture of him moving trash cans and stuff around. Like, he, he he's a, the most genuine guy. And it, at the point when I first met him, you know, and I had my, like, I would say, like, third conversation with him because we, we kept running into each other every time I, I, would, I would, like, see him, you know, around the facility my first time. And we just kept speaking, and it's like I grew more into him. Like, like he's just – I knew, like, that's the guy I want to play for. Yeah. Like, I hadn't felt like that about anybody else, yeah. you know, my whole life. And really, it what separated him from more than, like, I would say different head coaches is, like, when I was younger, I would, like, see my brother as my head co- – you know, he was my head coach, so I would look over on the sideline, and I'm like, all right, I got to do this for him. Like, this is this – is, I got to make this stop on fourth down for him. Because yeah. I used to play linebacker. <laughs> I was little, but I used to play linebacker. So I'm like, all right, I got to make this stop. And this, you know, the ball's coming right here. I got to make, make sure I stuff this hole right here for him. When I, when I have like dreams and stuff like that, I can dream like seeing Coach Riley on the sideline. I'm like, all right, this is somebody I have to do it for. Like, I could, I could put him on the same level. Yeah. You know, that's the type, that's the type of guy. That, that was really the only guy I could say that about.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty strong relationship.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's different. With me and him, I can call him right now. And I, I truly like love that guy. He, he He's so special to me.
1: Oh, man, that's what's up. Yeah. So I want to get back to your high school experience, right, because you're still in high school. Yeah. So I remember seeing you in about January. You were out here in Calabasas. You had just announced you were going to transfer from Bishop Gorman. I was up in Calabasas to watch a workout. You were there. We sat down. We spoke. Yep. Now, I remember I sent out a tweet after that workout. I said, Buki is going to blow up. Not now, but right now. (laughs) And then, you know, as soon as I snapped my fingers, of course it was all me and not you, (laughs) 35 offers came. No, but, I mean, the offers just started rolling in for you um, really fast, kind of, uh, after that January period hit. Yeah. Talk about your experience at Calabasas, playing with guys like Gabea and Johnson Jr. and Darnay Holmes. Talk about what that experience was like.
0: It was, it was, it's like, those are my big brothers. But they held me to such of a great standard.
1: Yeah.
0: It was, it was like more so expected. You know, it's like when I make a, a, a crazy play in, in in practice, like, oh, that's a play he wasn't supposed to make. Like, it's like, okay. Like, we've seen it before. Yeah. So it was more so like, all right, keep doing it. Yeah. Like, they, they held me to a standard in the classroom because Darnay literally is like my role model. Yeah. You know, he, he, he. Took me under his wing right when I got there, you know, with the pro way, with Big Derek and, and everything. So, and shout out to them as well. Yeah. But um, Darnay, he held a standard for me in the classroom, you know, because he was a four student, you know, so he helped me to to a certain extent. Tristan, Tristan is a is the most, <laughs> he's the most like like best characteristic guy you can meet off the field. You know, okay. he has a great character, he's a great spirit, so just seeing him, how he carries himself in, and how, how, how driven he is to be the greatest. Yeah. You know, it that, that inspired me to do so. Yeah. You know, so being with Tristan and, 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 and Darnay and seeing how, how many people like love Keyshawn. Like, yeah. like everybody loves him. You can't talk bad about him, you know. You know, so it's just seeing how well rounded those three guys were. It was like you, you got you gotta be one of those guys. Yeah. But you have to fit in, you have to be something different. Like right. you have to you have to have your own personality. So I just took you know, I stayed myself, but I, I I held myself to their principles, their standards, Sure. and I made some of my own. You know, so that's that's it was it was a great experience. And plus, the the Clawsons also helped me to that as well. You know, they were they were a great coaching staff. You know, Coach Wilson as well, my D coordinator, and he was actually my DB coach as well. Yeah. You know, so we would have talks before the games, after the games, about how I can separate myself from every other DB in this class. So I have to say thank you to Coach Wilson as well.
1: All oh, good. So. Calabasas won the CIF championship. Yep, you have a great season. Uh, fall state falls short of a state title, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. the whispering starts. Buki may not be at Calabasas next year.
0: Yeah,
1: Buki may be going somewhere national. Power move. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> us about that. That dose, that that second power move that you made.
0: The second power move. I felt as if, you know, because like you said, like I had, I got a lot of offers quick. Like I, 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 that happened very fast, you know, in my, in my perspective on it was really that, you know, as quick as I got them, they can be taken the same way, you know? So I really never like became, I, I, I tried to stay as level headed as possible yeah. and I would always, you know, my mama always preached that to me. So really when. I built I built the confidence. That's what I could say about that whole year at Calabasas. I built the confidence to 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 compete with anybody. Yeah. So when the IMG transfer became you know a conversation, you know me and TJ would talk about it like oh let's let's see if we can get Brian back. Yeah. Let's see if you can. And, you know your mom is talking about uh you know getting a job in Calabasas. Let's see if you can go to Calabasas. Like, we, we wanted to go to Calabasas together. Right. Then we wanted to go to Chaminade together. Like right. We, we, us three wanted to play together some type of some way because, you know, us three, you know, and about, like, two other of our guys, Josh Madison, Joaquin Vukabradovich, we all, you know, became, like, from the same exact team Yeah. When we were younger. Yeah. You know, we were all, like, playing football together, so we, like, all, right, all, all five of us, you know, six, seven of us, let's try to play together one last year Yeah. before we separate. And he's like, uh, maybe only three of us can do it. So yeah. I'm like, all right, TJ, what you want to do? You want to go out there? or You want Brian to come back? And TJ wanted Brian to come back, really, and I did too, because I didn't want to leave again. Yeah. Until TJ really like told me, he was like, all right, man, this is we we're both gonna leave college. We're not staying here. Yeah. Like let's just let's just go out to Florida, get prepared, you know, and and, and grow up. That's really what it was. We had to grow up. Yeah. You know, so I, that's actually my roommate. You know, we uh, we fight all the time, just playing around. But he, he I could say, he made me suffer. You know, he, he made me more stronger. You know, mentally. Yeah. And then Houston, like you said, he made me more stronger in the weight room because he's huge. Yeah. Houston is not little at all. So <laughs> he uh, he he got me tougher. You know, yeah. in the in the weight room, he just you know I see stuff he puts on the bar. I'm like, that's he's not doing that. Yeah. And then he does it with ease. I'm like, all right, I got to try it. And then once I, like, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, I get it myself. Yeah. You know, so I can say that he he helped me a lot as well. But, uh, but yeah, so when T.J. when TJ wanted to make the move, you know, I kept it to myself for a while. Yeah. Because I had new, like, because TJ, T.J.'s team, unfortunately, they got knocked out of the playoffs first round to Corona Centennial. Yeah. So he had been speaking about it, trying, like, a little by little – and I would try to like like tell him like, dude, I can't talk to you about this. Like, I have a season to work, you know, to, to work towards. And he would tell me like maybe like the last like three to four weeks of my season, you know. So I, I would have it in the back of my mind that like this could possibly happen. Yeah. And then once the season ended, I was like, um, you know, everybody's gonna be gone. You know, I will I will have nobody to set the standard for me. You know, I want I want to keep growing. Like I, I don't want to put a, a ceiling over, you know, over over my potential. So I feel as if the best place for me and us three specifically to grow together and get prepared for the next level was to be at IMG.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, because I'm going to be away from my mom, away from my dad, away from my sisters, my brothers. So it's like if I do it, you know, 11 months before, 12 months before, I'll be fine. Right when I get to Nebraska, I'll, you know, get – I'll have a smooth transition. You know, my cousin will be there to – Tajon. he'll tell me how to, you know, basically fall in line, what to do, what not to do. It was it was basically the perfect the perfect move for me.
1: So how do you like IMG?
0: I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great move for me. You know, I have my I have my days. And I'm like, man, I miss my sister right now. Like all those like little talks we used to have. Like she actually has a son now, and so it's like when I see my both my sisters together and 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 one of my sister's sons, it's like, man, like if I I, I want to be with them so bad right now. But this is like this is the moments that I have to pull through. Yeah. You know, so it, I, I work my way through it, and. Uh, like uh, my actually my old coach Kenny Sanchez of at Gorman, yeah. I saw him when actually when I was at IMG, I came down to Vegas to uh, to to uh awards banquet, mm-hmm. you know, and he he was he was very excited for me, you know, that's why I always loved that dude. But he uh, he told me basically like, when you when you go through stuff like that, when you're missing home like that, you just got to drive through it. Like he that's right. like it happens to everybody. Like yep. you're gonna go through it. Yep. So it, you just got it a year early, you know. So I I really have to thank that guy for uh for really giving me great advice.
1: Well, touch, touch a little bit about or talk a little bit about the Pro-Way. The uh, Proway. Your 7-on-7 seven seven team, your training company. Talk a little bit about Pro-Way and how they helped prepare you for uh, <laughs> national stardom, IMG, and getting ready for college.
0: Proway, Pro-Way really, like, it's not even a 7. It's a 7-on-7 seven seven team, yeah, but it's it's deeper than that.
1: Come with
0: it. It's a it's a family. We, okay. It's like it's like literal brotherhood. Like, Big Derek. Big when I when I first came back from Vegas to California, Big Derek, you know, I would I would stay at I would stay at his house and just and just chill with him. Yeah. You know, just listen to him, hear how he speaks, hear how he talks. You know, see how how Darnay grew up. Yeah. How could I how could I be like that? Yeah. You know, so I would we would have barbecues together as a team. Like he he takes it he takes it a little bit deeper than every seven on seven. Yeah. Like we'll have inter squad scrimmages and then after the scrimmage the entire you know two hundred kids have a barbecue like yeah. right there at the campus. Yeah. You know so it's it's more than just a a, a seven on seventeen war family. Like we're we're together so much so many players you know we're all together at all times you know so really I have to thank him so much you know he he basically. Uh, he's responsible for a lot of things, you know, that happened, you know, with me, you know, in that one year, my at the end of my sophomore year and the start of my junior year. I have to thank that guy, especially Darnay and Carl Holmes.
1: Okay, well, I, I know a lot of uh, our listeners probably gonna be looking forward to this next kind of topic, Husker Nation.
0: <laughs>
1: Husker Nation. You know, you mentioned a name earlier in the conversation, Dante Williams. What role has he played? In terms of bringing Buki to Husker Nation and representing the black shirts. Uh,
0: Tay. Well, I call him Tay. But, yeah. Because uh, Dante, I've, that's that's family. Yeah. That's family to me. So it was like, it was either like, I, I always wanted to play for him yeah. my entire life. Before before really like football began to be serious for me.
1: Yeah.
0: I've always wanted to play with him. Like, yeah. I remember being eight years old, like chilling in my mom's bed. And him and my older brother Lucky would be breaking down film together when they were playing against Corona Centennial. Like my brother went to Crespi High School and they played Corona Centennial, and they had like Ryan Bass, Vontas Tas Yep. You know, so I, Dante would come to my house and break down film with my brother when he was at like in high school. Like when he was you coaching. Not
2: far back with Dante.
0: I was eight years old when <clears throat> I, I, I re- know that when I remembered that. But Dang. Dante yeah. had been around me since I was like younger than that. That's just the first thing I can remember. Sure. You know, I would I would look up, I would fall asleep, and I would wake back up. I'm like, is this man really still in my house? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when do you leave? <laughs> yeah. But, nah, he's he's been a guy that I've always been talking to. You know, when he was at Washington, you know, when he was at UW, I would talk to him all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I was not even in high school yet. Yeah. And then when he went to San Jose, you know, I would have consistent uh, communication with him, but he didn't know if he was going to stay or leave or not, so he never offered me there. So once he made his next move to Arizona, I was the first person he offered. You know, so it was or excuse me, I was the first sophomore he offered on signing day of 2016. So it was like uh, either it was either the relationship that I built with Coach Meek will forever be as well because I knew him on a personal level. Like I've known him off the football field. I know his son Cole. You know he's gonna, he's gonna be great. Cole's gonna be great. He is, he is. we setting standards for him that's amazing. But mm-hmm. you know little Cole he's gonna be great. But uh. Me and Coach Me also have a great relationship, you know, and I, I I still use kind of things that he taught me, you know, just being around UCLA, you know, going to practices, you know, for the long time. I still use techniques that he taught me or taught those guys that I would pay attention to. So it was a it was a tough, tough decision for me, but I feel as if me being me, I needed to get out of California. You know, my family my family has, has previous history with, with this 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 city. You mm-hmm. know, I feel as if I can't be in the city too 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 much. Yeah. That's why my mom is she's always paranoid because my big brother passed away actually today on this day, yeah. uh, twenty what, twenty two years ago, yeah. exactly to the day. About like I think it was like fifty minutes ago. So yeah, so my, it was it was more so like I have to get out of California sometimes, and that's how, that's how I felt. But really, Husker Nation is it's a different breed, like I said, <laughs> yeah. different culture.
1: What does it mean to be
2: a black shirt?
0: What does it mean to be a black shirt? It's it's like you know it's a, it's like a dream to certain people. It's like you you that's on people's bucket list type of deal. Like and, and Coach Diaco, our defensive coordinator, he he makes sure that that is known mm-hmm. in every meeting. I, I'll sit in on position meetings. I'll sit in on team meetings. He makes sure that the black shirt standard and the black shirt weight is well known. Like when you're on that defense you understand what it means and what it takes to do so. Like yeah you can play defense here at Nebraska. Yeah you can play defense at Ohio State, Miami, Florida. You can play defense anywhere. But when you play at Nebraska you you hold yourself accountable for the legacy that these people before you really set. Like these people brought greatness to that to that city in Lincoln. That's right. You know, and it hasn't been there in a while. That's right. So my actual goal, myself, my personal goal really is to bring that back to these people. These people deserve it. They're the best fans in America. It's been sold out games for 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 so many years for they didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, these people sell out for a spring game. Yeah. It'll be it'll be more than 5,000 people at a at a Friday night lights camp. Yeah. That like these people are not just normal people. Like they're they should they deserve this. So I'm bringing great I'm going to Bring greatness back to Lincoln.
2: Absolutely. With that ninety-five Nebraska team, for me, this day oh is the God. greatest team I've ever seen. Yeah. I've ever. I mean, that it's Florida in the whole yeah. game, I've never seen more guys get laid out. Frazier. Every yeah. single. Tommy. Frazier. I mean, Tommy, Lawrence Phillips, yeah. and Grant Wistrom. I mean, every single play, there's a Gator getting laid out. Yeah. Those Nebraska guys play with a a meanness and a, and a toughness and a speed and an energy I've never yeah. seen before. I love those Miami teams. Some of the USC had some great teams under Pete Carroll, but that 95 Nebraska team, for me, Sure, uh, the who? I agree. Yeah, I know you agree.
0: I agree. <laughs> no, 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 not even being biased. Yeah. I, like, when I grew up, I would think that it was the back-to-back team at SC because I, I was around SC during that time when I was younger. You know, so I would see it. But then when I kind of got older, I'm like, oh, yeah, SC had the best team. But then when I actually went in depth about it, you know, it had to have been that 95 team or that, I would say, the 2013 Bama team. That team was awesome. You know, I think that entire defense – Got drafted, yeah, yeah. No. and Florida State as well. Florida State had an entire defense, our offense that got drafted. So I was,
1: yeah.
0: it's it's a lot of teams, but I'll say the '95.
1: I was a big Husker fan growing up. Really big Husker fan, and <laughs> I used to sit and listen to the Huskers games on radio at nine o'clock in the morning in yeah. my brother's room, and you could barely hear it. It was, it was static everywhere, and uh, I know, I knew, and I probably still know every starter on that defensive team. Yeah. Uh, I actually got a chance to talk with one a couple years ago at the Senior Bowl, Tyrone Williams. He <laughs> played cornerback. He's from Bradenton, Florida. Yep. And I sat there and I named for him every defensive starter on the team. He's like, wow, you were a big fan. <laughs> and I was. Uh, I was a big Lawrence Phillips guy. Lawrence Phillips graduated, of course, Park High School, same year as my oldest brother. And he was a guy I looked up to. Um, so I was a big Nebraska guy. And the black shirts, man, they were they were everything. Jarrett Tomich, huh. Grant Wistrom. The Peters brothers inside, Terrell Farley blocking kicks, playing outside backer, Anderson playing in the middle, Edge Stewart playing on the strong side. Uh, you know, they just had a fantastic team, uh, and then I'm with you, Greg. It was yeah. the best team of all time. Uh, Lawrence Phillips toting the peel, and Tommy Frazier with his run-throw ability, and yeah. the option with Dr. Tom calling plays, uh, you know, they were just uh, they, you know, they were awesome team. They had Abdul Muhammad the year before, who was a Carson Colt, went to Carson High School. They were just an outstanding team. So, uh, just kind of wrapping this thing up, Buki, um, what are, what are, what's a tip that you'd like to share to some young athlete that's listening to the podcast and uh, something that you can give them to go on as they try to climb the ladders of the pop Warner in the high school ranks to become the next bookie Radley Hiles.
0: I would just say, stay humble. You you can never get too big. I mean, it's just. I mean, this is this was planned out. You know, this is God's plan. You know, so really, it's just. I mean, I can say this because I was just like them. I was literally that six-year-old kid who wanted to. You know, being in high school, that was I was like a big goal. I'm like, hey, my brother's in high school and he he's one of the best players in the country. Like, wow, that's crazy. And now that I'm here, it's just like, okay, like all right, my brother did it. Now it's something I have to like double it. Yeah. Like I've always been having to double anything that he's ever did. So he he basically set the standard for me. But really, I, I always tell the kids just stay humble and stay hungry. You know, it's everything is it's always a next level. You know, if it's if you play pop on it, you gotta you start all over when you get to high school. Yep. You know, you can be the number one player in the country in high school and then you, once you once you step foot on college campus, none of that means a thing. Them stars and rankings, they cannot save you. They
1: cannot. Not <laughs> on between Friday. the lines,
0: okay? Not on Fridays with me and not on Saturdays with, you know, those Derwin college. James. Guys. You can that cannot save you. I've met Derwin James. That yeah. man is that man is a monster. <laughs> you know, the, I could just tell off the way he shook my hand. That is, that's a guy you don't want to play with when you line up across from him.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so stay, stay humble, stay, stay hungry. Stay For humble, all you stay young hungry. kids out there, that's the word from most polarizing figure in high school football today, Buki Brendan Radley Howes IMG Academy via the West Coast, Calabasas High School grew up here in the Valley. We're so glad that you joined us, Buki. We enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I think I speak for Greg and myself by saying that you're welcome to any time. Good luck this season at IMG. I know you're going to be out here playing Corona Centennial. I'm going to try to catch you again playing Chandler yes, out in Arizona. And uh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm very proud of you. And uh, I'm going to continue to support you and watch you as you continue to grow and, and develop. So. Uh, for all those out there listening, please check us out on iTunes at The Transparent Truth. That's iTunes and The Transparent Truth. Also, follow Buki on Twitter at...
0: Buki underscore 44. Buki underscore Instagram.
1: 44.
0: On Twitter and Instagram. On
1: Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Greg Biggins at... At Greg Biggins. <laughs> I know that's difficult <laughs> to remember. Sample. At Greg Biggins. I know that's difficult to remember. You can follow me at Coach Keith underscore NP... That stands for National Press. That's on Twitter. You can also, under, you can also follow our Twitter page. It's at TransTruth92. That's T R A N S T R U T H, the number 92. TransTruth92. Follow us on Twitter. That brings us to a wrap, end of our show. We appreciate you joining us. Bookie Brendan Riley Howes for Greg Biggins. I'm Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town! And his name is Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.